Good day, everybody, and welcome to our Power is Within. I'm your host, Chaz Smith, also known as Just Chaz. So, what made you laugh this past week? I hope lots of things, and I hope every day. Something that I have been practicing is making myself laugh immediately upon waking, if even for only 20 seconds, and no matter how I feel. Because one of the most powerful ways to change our neural pathways is to think and act greater than we feel. This goes very deep, but it can start with something as simple as laughing just because. Why? Because I want to be the girl who wakes up filled with joy for each new day. So I encourage you to try it sometimes. And please know that I, when I say to think and act greater than you feel, that is not (laughs) to say that we can dismiss our emotions. That is not to say that we can just repress or ignore emotions. But it is to say that we can not only give voice and life to our emotions and allow ourselves to feel, express, and honor our emotions, but we also have the power to make choices in our life each and every day to subtly, like, subtly shift our mood, elevate our mood, and uh, yeah, like I said, change the neural pathways. So, so it's not an either or. It can be and and so try it sometimes let me know how it goes okay so (laughs) i am so excited about today's interview and i know i always say this but you guys it's so true i'm really excited i honestly feel no actually i honestly feel so excited and so blessed every day when I think about the fact that I'm doing this, I am doing a podcast. <laughs> you know, I have wanted to do this for so long. As long as I have been listening to podcasts, I have wanted to host one. But here's the thing I was afraid. I was living in my old stories, my old limiting beliefs. I didn't know what I wanted. I didn't know what I wanted to do on my podcast. I didn't know what I wanted the topic to be for a while. I didn't think I could be a good podcaster. I was constantly comparing myself to everybody else and I kept pushing it off. But here's the thing. I love connection. I love it. I love human connection. (laughs) And I love conversation. And I'm inquisitive by nature. I have been since I was a little girl. I never grew out of the questions game. I love asking questions. And this is truly just feels perfect for me. It wasn't until I started getting really into this healing and brain rewiring game where the epiphany about what I needed my podcast topic to be clicked in my mind. And you know what? I continued to still push it off. This was well over a year ago, but I still pushed it off. I I pushed it off for so many reasons, like the, men, the mentioned um, the mentioned reasons already. I pushed it off because I said to myself, I don't have the right voice. I'm not healthy or healed enough. I'm not credible enough. And ah, all of these things and these reasons and the excuses, they were not serving me. And then one day I realized that I needed to stop. I needed to stop standing in these old stories and I needed to step 
back into my truth. And all of this, oh my gosh, all of this came from the rewiring process. As I kept rewiring, like I've said in previous episodes, it quickly became evident that the journey I was embarking on was becoming so much bigger than physical symptoms. And as I was rewiring and noticing these old pathways of self-sabotage and limiting beliefs and unworthy thoughts, I started realizing that the only way to overcome these thoughts was to move through them. And this gave me the confidence I needed to move forward and finally pursue this really long-standing goal and vision that I had. (laughs) And I don't know, I guess every single day, I just feel really fucking blessed, (laughs) really bleeped blessed. (laughs) Every interview, I, I, guys, I disconnect the call every interview with a giant smile on my face and I feel full of gratitude and joy every interview. And I guess I encourage, um, I guess I encourage everyone out there listening to think of something that lights you up. What lights you up that resonates with you? That is so true to who you are. It doesn't have to make you money. Guys, I'm not making money doing this. (laughs) I'm not. I actually spend money and I'm not making it. And that's okay because not everything we do in our life and all the ways we spend our time, it's it's not all about a monetary return on investment. There is so much more to living and life. And there's so many other ways of return. So even if you're in a job and you're thinking, I can't do the thing, I can't do the thing because I can't afford to quit this job, then don't quit the job, but still do the thing. Do the thing, whatever the thing is. And right now, the thing, if it feels truly not realistic, think about what part of it could be. Maybe you can't, maybe the thing, you, maybe you think the thing has to be like hours every week and you don't think you have the time. But what if it could just be broken down into 30 minutes per week? You know what I'm saying? So think of the thing that lights you up, that makes you so happy and grateful and fills you with joy the way that doing these interviews does to me. And even if it's not monetary, and even if you can only do it for 30 minutes per week, just think about it. Think about it this week and we can talk about it next week. Because the thing is, you're worth it. (laughs) I was worth it. You're worth it. And you know what? You don't even need to be perfect. You don't. You don't need to be skilled or all the things. Because all the excuses that are going to come into your head, you are going to get this idea. And you might have all these limiting beliefs show up. Like all the reasons that you can't do the things. You might come up with all the reasons that you lack the skills or you can't do the things. Like, like there's just going to be things that come up. And you know what? It's all okay. It's okay. Things come up. It's okay. But here's the thing. You don't need to be perfect. You don't need to be perfect. This podcast is such proof. I mess up all the time. Sometimes I talk too fast. Sometimes I say um too many times. Sometimes I speak over somebody and speak too soon. But you know what? I'm learning. There's so many things. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. You don't need to be perfect to do the thing. It's all okay. I just know that 
I am so incredibly passionate about this message and I am so thrilled to share this message and my passion with anyone listening. And that is good enough. It's really good enough. (laughs) Even if I never grow to 500,000 downloads or 1 million downloads, don't get me wrong. I want to. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I want to. That's the goal, right? If I have a message and a belief and a passion, I want as many people as possible to hear the message. This is normal. You want to. I mean, guys, I'm on a mission. I am on a mission. (laughs) I'm on a mission to empower people. I want to empower humanity. I want to empower and inspire people to take their power back and step into their inner guidance, into their inner truth, into their inner wisdom, so they so that they know that they have the power within them. So yeah, obviously, the more that my audience grows, the better. But even if it doesn't, that's also okay. I've accepted that because at least I'm still doing the thing that lights me up and brings me joy and makes me smile and be filled with gratitude every day. So I am just feeling super passionate today about encouraging you guys to find something, think of something, create something, whatever it is, feel into what lights you up. You might already be doing it. And if you are, absolutely awesome. Yay, I'm so excited. (laughs) And if you aren't, let's get started. Write it down. And then, you know what? Start talking back to those damn limiting voices in your head and tell them one by one, no, 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 and no. And then figure out a way to incorporate this thing into your life sooner than later for whatever amount of time you can. Like I said, no pressure. Maybe it's 30 minutes a week. Do it for you though, okay? Do it for you and do it for all of humanity. Because you guys, (laughs) when we start making shifts in our internal state, we are all energetic beings. We are all feeding off of and bouncing off of one another. We are all creating a larger impact than I think most of us could ever realize. So when we be the change, the change is being all around us. Does that make sense? So yes, do it for you and do it for all of humanity. Yeah, and then share it with me because I want to know. I want to hear all about the thing. Okay, (laughs) so yeah, uh, enough of my rant. This all started because I was excited. (laughs) I was excited to share with you guys all about our guest today. Um, But yeah, it led into a challenge. So that's this week's challenge. And now let's get into our guest because I'm pretty confident that you will be as excited as I am once you start listening to her speak. Um, Her name is Lindsay, Lindsay Mitchell. She is the founder of My Vital Side, which is a brain retraining program. If you don't follow Lindsay on Instagram already, please do yourself a huge favor and follow her. (laughs) Her info is in the show notes. Lindsay is extremely interactive, inviting, and offers so many wonderful tips along with weekly challenges for brain retraining. And I must mention, she also has the best smile ever. I'm not exaggerating. She has an amazing smile. (laughs) Um, Lindsay has an amazing healing story of overcoming not only Lyme disease, but a wide variety of other random issues and symptoms. And we don't really get into details in the show, but you can read her whole story on her website. 
which is also in the show notes. She has made leaps and bounds in her recovery and brain retraining. And as she says, she is now a lifelong brain retrainer. As you will hear in the conversation, Lindsay took her brain retraining to a whole new level about one year after fully recovering. And she used retraining to test her body and see what was possible. Through Vital Side, Lindsay offers community, self guided programs, as well as one on one support for individualized custom brain retraining programs that supports your success. Vital Side is not only for new retrainers who are just getting started. But it's even for brain retrainers who've been committed for 8, 10, 20, or more months. Anybody who just feels stuck in their practice or feels like they could benefit from an elevation and reconnection. Or maybe even some individualization. It's a big word. Okay, it's a tongue twister. So anyhow, (laughs) sorry. (laughs) Stick around until the end where Lindsay will offer a piece of advice for all of us to implement today and help guide us on our journey. She offers a load of wisdom and I already look forward to bringing her back on the show to delve even deeper into the world of brain retraining and what that means for each of us and how we can take our healing and retraining to a whole new level. We talk a lot about setting small, manageable goals so that you can reinforce the pathways of being successful, even if that means a goal of doing something for just as little as one minute a day or one minute at a time. It seems so small, but it is so significant because when we do this, we're reinforcing our good enoughness. We're reinforcing our success. We're reinforcing wins. And then we build from there. And if you've been listening to my show for a while now, you know that I am all about these small daily commitments for change, um, having had several little mini challenges throughout the weeks. Okay, yes, this week's might be a little bit of a bigger challenge, but I think it's still going to be wonderful for you. (laughs) So with all of that said, let's get into the good stuff. All right, guys, I have Lindsay Mitchell on the line, and she is the founder of My Vital Side. Hello, Lindsay. Hi, Jasmine. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. I'm really excited for the listeners to get a chance to um, hear our conversation today. I think there's just going to be a lot of really great, valuable um, insight for anyone who's listening. I wanted to start out, I didn't necessarily want you to get into your whole story um, of your healing journey, but I did want to let the listeners know if you did your own brain retraining or how you got started in brain retraining. Let's start there. What what brought you to initially even realize the concept of brain retraining? Yeah. (laughs) So I think that everyone comes about brain retraining in their own personal journey. I know the first time I heard about it was in PA school. Um, You know, I was learning about the brain, I was learning about neuroscience and about how the brain changes. And that's all well and good when you're sitting in class, learning this information. And then (laughs) years later, when I had my diagnosis, you know, of Lyme disease, among other things, I read about brain retraining on a blog post. 
as you know most people do <laughs> and then it became applicable to my life so mm-hmm. i think i went down this route of reading all the books you know dr jeffrey schwartz and norman deutsch and joe dispenza and all of these great books on um how the brain changes you know like how our neurochemicals change dr candace pert right all of this great information and i had already gone down the western and the eastern and all of these different routes of medicine to address my symptoms and you know my healing journey with Lyme and I'd get to a place where I would start to feel better and then I'd plateau so brain retraining was introduced to me at this time when I was continuing to do research to say okay why do I still have brain fog and fatigue and pain and all of these things um despite my best efforts you know mm-hmm. and came across across brain retraining, um, tried a couple different programs and started to use the information that I read in books, the information I learned in programs to kind of create this hands-on program for a visual learner and a kinesthetic or hands-on learner, you know, that I am and started to use techniques that worked for me. So it it took definitely a lot of different resources and creativity. um, But I came up with these tools that helped me in the moment when I experienced an exacerbated symptom and then also tools um, that helped me to use mental rehearsal and train with a symptom ahead of the actual experience. So, uh, yeah, fast forward, I think, you know, for me, it was about eight to 10 months where I really saw that full recovery, what I, you know, deemed as a full recovery. And, um, and, and it was incredible to see, to, to watch me go from being in a place where I was bedridden to a place where, I really wasn't having any symptoms and I was living my life in a way that really worked for me. That's so good. (laughs) It's the best feeling when we get there. So you said eight to 10 months of full recovery and, but you mentioned there's this progress or progression where you're, you're learning about neuroscience and neuroplasticity. You're reading the books, you're introduced to some programs is all that part of the eight or 10 months or is the eight to 10 months when you really finally felt like you had a grasp on the tools it, that you needed specifically and cracked down on focusing on those tools? I probably did a couple months of research and with brain fog and fatigue, you do as much as you can, right? So a couple months of research to figure out what really helped me, but I'm also someone who likes to dive into things. so. Once I got a really um, good handle on what brain retraining meant, what people were talking about in the brain retraining world specific to chronic illness and chronic symptoms, I dove right in. So <laughs> I luckily I had a grant for Lyme disease um, from the Limelight Foundation, which was amazing, which made my different modalities, you know, an option for me financially. And so when I dove, I dove because I had the capacity to dive financially. And 
I was just ready. I was like, I, I read about this. I, I know what it means. Now I'm ready to commit. And I, I was so drawn to it because I'm all about doing things myself. I'm quite an independent person. And all of those who have chronic illness know that you immediately become dependent on whoever's around you for help and for resources. And this isn't necessarily a bad thing, but I knew that when I read about brain retraining and it was something that I could do from home and I could do consistently and I could take this sort of, you know, progress or improvement to my health into my own hands, I thought, yes, sign me up. Where do I start? (laughs) I want to go. So, you know, and, and that's when I really did then commit those eight to 10 months to retraining my brain. And, um, you know, at the end of that time, went to Costa Rica, was surfing on the beach, ate like a full gluten and full dairy pizza, which I never thought I would do again. Um, and it was, you know, it's incredible um, to, to just see that, like you said earlier, night and day difference. Yeah, freedom. <laughs> totally. Oh, gosh. And eight to 10 months is actually a really, I mean, I, I don't want to say, I don't like to put a label on like a, a pace of recovery because everyone obviously is, you know, at their own pace and it can look different for everyone. Healing's not a one size fits all, but I would say for the, I mean, reading your story online on your website for what you were encountering eight to 10 months is a pretty um, efficient, you know, healing <laughs> cycle. <laughs> So. I mean, I think so. And, and everyone is so different. And I get this question all the time from clients because sometimes people see improvements in two months and, and they ask, okay, I'm good. Can I, can I go now? And I'm thinking, you know, I always tell them no stick to your brain retraining tools because here's the thing. The brain changes all the time. And some of us have been living in this state of fight, flight, or freeze maybe our entire lives. So think about how long it got, like think about the amount of time that you you got to get here today and how much time you're going to put into this. It's, you know, it's amazing to see how many years we've lived with these neural pathways that are associated to, um, you know, inflammation and pain and all of these different symptoms that we have. So now we can take proactive care to break these cycles, break these neural pathways and create new ones. But it does take time. It does take patience. Sometimes people are two years in, they're like, hey, what do I do? You know, I've been doing this for so long. Uh, You know, when am I really going to turn a corner? And I think it's this process of we need to continue to elevate our brain retraining practice all of the time because our brains are constantly changing because each of us are unique individuals. We need to constantly shift and change and elevate and transform And sometimes that looks like having an extra person come in and taking your brain retraining practice and flipping it on the side, looking at it from a different perspective and changing some things up. I think that's always important. Mm. 
I 100% agree. Yeah, that it is. And I want to get into that, but I do want to backtrack for a second and then get back into that. Uh, I wanted to know, do you, speaking of all this and, you know, the brain is always changing, do you still retrain your brain even though you're 110% healed? I'm a lifelong brain retrainer. Yes, same, <laughs> same, because we're living and um, we're human and we're having these very real human experiences all the time, which means that there's always going to be new new opportunities for training. <laughs> yeah, look, my practice does not look the same as it did when I was recovering from Lyme disease, but it looks how it looks because of where I am today, and it'll right. look even tomorrow for, for where I am tomorrow. But I will say that now, you know, the first year, probably after I, um, I, I recovered, I was like, I'm going to retrain my brain and test my body and figure out like what I can do, what is possible for me. I went skydiving. I walked across hot coals. I went on these backpacking trips. I did all this, like, you know, really physically challenging stuff and then after that year I thought okay cool that was fun now now what does brain retraining look like to me and so now I have a bit of a more sustainable practice I use mindfulness techniques breathing techniques um and and everything changes as does as did life at the beginning of this year just like life changes and events change, we change and adapt. And I believe brain retraining practice does the same thing. It changes and adapts with you. I love that. (laughs) Yeah, I 100% agree. I I definitely can see the value in changing things up. I love where you're going with this. I have a question about the healing process. You said you read a bunch of books and you learned about a couple brain programs and you said you I want to say that you said you got got did the brain programs but then also started putting things together to kind of come up with what made sense and worked for you is that correct? Yes, I did. And that technique doesn't necessarily work for everybody. Right, right. Um so so I I like an approach that has structure but is not rigid and has flexibility but also works for my learning style. So mm-hmm. at that point, I was at a place where I could do that and I could kind of use these different techniques in a different way. Um, and, and so that's what really worked for me. So I, and, I, and I find that this is really helpful for a lot of people, that individualization, that personalization, because sometimes these techniques are really good in theory, and they could generally work well for people. But sometimes you do need a little bit of personalization and say, hey, I'm a visual learner. Hey, I'm an auditory learner. How can we put a different spin on it? Um, and, and that's what I figured out. And, and same, you know, same goes for today for a lot of my clients. Some people are like, I love meditation. Others do not <laughs> and want more something that's maybe a little bit more energizing or physical. So with these things in mind, with reconnecting with our core values and our own individuality, how can we use our brain retraining practice and make it work for us? And that's one of the things I do in my private sessions and vital side, because I do find that extremely beneficial for people just like it was beneficial for me. 
Absolutely. And because you said you like structure, but not rigid. And I, you know, the flip side, some people really need structure. They need to be told exactly what to do for how long to do it, how, you know, how often. And then other people that doesn't really work. And it is important for us to use that inner guidance that we have and tap into that and know, know what is true for us and then, and then find ways to honor that. Yeah, absolutely. And again, with that, every single person is different. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And, and that's why it's, it's fun to get to know what drives people, what, um, what people are really looking for in their brain retraining practice, because luckily, because brain retraining is becoming more and more popular, there are different avenues for different people that mm-hmm. you know, can satisfy who they are as an individual and what their core values are. Yeah, because when we're also when we're doing things and we actually enjoy it, we're more likely to show up and keep doing it. Absolutely. Oh, yes. Like, <laughs> if someone comes to me and says, oh, I'm stressed out by my practice, or I'm not having fun with it, or I've developed a negative association to it. Mm. That is when we need to take it and flip it on its side. Because a couple things could have happened here. Either you were trying to do it in a way that didn't fit in with your needs and your goals and your self. (laughs) And you were kind of trying to fit it into a box that it just it it didn't fit into. So it became this stressful event or you've been doing it for so long that now it's lost its juice. You know, it's lost mojo. So again, each of those situations, you want to take your practice and flip it on its side. Let's look at it from a different angle. Let's improve it. Let's, let's shift it. Let's do something that will help you to get excited about it again. And then sometimes that means taking a step back and reeling back and saying, wait a second, let's start, <laughs> let's, let's do a redo or, or let's start from where we are today and start to build this practice up in a way that I do have positive associations to it, that it fits my goals, that Um, you know, helps me to meet those physical or mental goals that I want to meet. And so it becomes exciting and it becomes fun and it can be even simple. Yeah. Kind of cool. Simple is good. (laughs) I think think a lot of people, life is already hard enough. People need simple. (laughs) Right. Love simplicity. (laughs) So did you actually ever even commit to any specific time rigidly to a brain training program? Or did you really just have, because you have, you know, just for the listeners, you have an extensive background in in training already um, met like with medical stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm a trained physician assistant. and that is my background. Then I started to do a couple different brain retraining programs, a couple of them, uh, Conscious Transformation, DNRS, did a little bit of Gupta, a um, couple different ones, and started to use a lot of the techniques. And then um, when I saw such amazing progress and improvements, I thought, you know, I need to learn more about this. And so I took about a year course, and I became certified in neuro linguistic programming. Oh, great. And then ended up also becoming an EFT 
and TFT practitioner, the emotional freedom technique and thought field therapy. And so these things just furthered my, my practice along the way. A lot of it is trial and error, seeing what works for you and what works for other people and what doesn't work so much. You know, a lot of it is research. A lot of it is talking with other people, seeing what um, makes sense to them. So um, yeah, those are just a couple of the things that I did. But all of those things and my own research is what really brought me to creating Vital Side. Yeah. um, Implementing a program that can provide that structure without rigidity and and can provide that individuality um, or not, if it's not something that you want. Um, So, yeah, it's been been a really, really cool process um, and, and really creative. It's been so fun. That's awesome. So in your personal experience, not only in your personal experience, but also as a coach, do you find certain rewiring tools work better in general, or do you find it to truly be individualized? I would say there are generally blanket techniques that you can use that really do help to create shifts. So for example, visualization is a key one in many of the brain retraining programs. Um, visualization is so powerful. You know, when we can connect to an experience using our senses, creating that elevated emotion. And so I think that is a powerful technique. And I think there are a lot of techniques like that that can be extremely powerful. And a lot of times that will work for people. But sometimes, you know, I get the person who says, I can't visualize. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just doesn't work for me. So we look at the end goal. We look at the end goal of creating that elevated emotion. Well, there are other tools we can use to get there. And it all depends on the person. So I wouldn't say individuality or or personalizing your brain retraining program is necessary for you to really see the benefits and to see huge transformation. But it can be. It can be. If you're at the point where you're like, hey, I've done all the things for so long and I'm really looking for a new perspective, maybe it is time. You know, there there are ways to, um, to see if, if that personalization is something that's required at this point. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And when you do, uh, create programs based on individuality, I know previously you kind of mentioned some of it is how are they a learner, kinesthetic, visual, um, and then some of it might be like you said, Hey, I just can't visualize what else can I do? But do you ever base things on symptoms or their personality? Like what are kind of some of the factors that you create an individualized program off of? Yes. So a couple of the main things I'll give you. Yeah, I'll give you a couple of the main things I talk about with people. So number one, they're probably coming to me because they've they they got stuck in their brain retraining practice, whether it's through vital side or something else. Um, they're at this kind of 
place where maybe they're not feeling that motivation? Well, there's probably a couple different reasons why. Um, again, you know, that monotony or that negative association that they've created around uh-huh. brain um, or it's just not giving you that same juice, like I mentioned before. So a couple different reasons. Um, that's a good time to connect with what motivates you. So something that I do talk a lot in my private consults about is connecting with our core values. Um, through this process of having a chronic illness, we tend to lose ourselves. And if you haven't done that, please reach out to me because I want to know who you are and how you did that. But you lose part of yourself and you stop connecting with your core values, values or beliefs that you hold near and dear to your heart that are what's tried and true for you. Those characteristics that you just so connect with freedom, adventure, love, purpose, uh, all of these different things that, that you probably once made decisions by and lived your life by, but chronic illness has put you in a place where those things are no longer prioritized in your life. Okay. Yes. Yes. And I want to mention this thing. Let's take this one step further. In the process of brain retraining, you can also feel disconnected. And you can also not be connected with your core values. Because it's like going from chronic illness to now I'm a brain retrainer. And this is how it's supposed to look. And I've got to be positive all the time. And think Mm. of ideas um, which may not necessarily be true, but they're just things that you read or saw someone else do or whatever. But all of a sudden, these are conditioned behaviors rather than who you are. And that can sometimes leave us feeling like there's a void or feeling a little bit disconnected or isolated. And it doesn't happen to everybody. (laughs) Um, But but it can, even the process of brain retraining, because you think I've got to do these things in a certain way. And so I think there comes a point in everybody's practice where it's important to reconnect with those. And sometimes people do that organically, or a lot of times it's those people that I meet who are eight months, one year, two years into the process, and they've seen a lot of progress, but they've again come to this place where they don't feel motivated or they don't feel like themselves so what we do is we bring themselves to your brain retraining practice because you may not notice it now you may not even note it while you're doing it but while you're brain retraining you're most likely connecting with purpose and connecting with adventure and connecting with freedom. But when we start to practice metacognition or becoming aware of our thoughts, we can start to bring our core values into our everyday lives. And that oftentimes helps us to bridge the gap between where we are today and what we see for ourselves six months from now, a year from now, five years from now, because then we start connecting with our core values little by little and reaching those goals that we really want to see for ourselves. And 
Oh, it's such a fun process. It's so, (laughs) it's so fun. It's just, I'm like getting the chills as I, I think about it because it's probably not something that you've done in a while. And so, okay. Core values. Um, also incremental progress, uh, training with specific goals in mind and using mental rehearsal and visualization to reach those goals. This is often a piece of the puzzle that is missing for a lot of people because I see it again and again. People start their brain retraining practice. They feel good. They feel calm. They feel at ease. Cool. But that's not really the end goal, right? It's to find relief from symptoms. Like if I just felt calm and at ease, but I still had daily pain and migraines, I would not be where I am today. You know, maybe I'd be like pretty chill. But besides that, I would be dealing with my symptoms. So incremental progress, getting really specific and training to change your body's associations to physical activity, to food, to chemicals, even to situations that cause anxiety or brain fog. These different things, you can train with each of those things. And I think getting really creative and having a long-term plan with this is really vital. So that is also. That's also something that I really just very often go through with brain retrainers. Mm, God, gosh, you're you're like hitting the nail on the button with so many things I have gone through in my own retraining (laughs) experience. It's like, oh my gosh, you're reading my mind. (laughs) Um, It's so true though. I love how you pointed out the value, the values component and yeah, how we can get almost lost in them because for a while it can be, I can't do this or, oh, that sounds so exhausting. I don't want to do it anymore that you forget almost how much that thing meant to you at one point and how integral it was to your well-being at one point. Yeah. Yeah. Getting to bring that back in. Right. Like for example, okay, maybe you've got food sensitivities today. Well, you've gotten so used to this gluten-free, dairy-free diet that you don't really see a need to eat other foods again. And plus, you were never a big foodie anyway. But maybe one of your core values is freedom. So in your life, what did you do that really helped you to value your freedom so much. Maybe you're a big traveler and you love to travel and you love to take trips and do these things. Well, you don't have to train with food to eat the food, but you can train with food to achieve freedom because food is an outlet to live your life in a way that's uninhibited and can give you limitless possibilities because you can go on the road and you can travel and do these things and not feel limited by diet. So something as simple as that can be such a game changer because I'll tell you, I've got like so many people who say this, this similar thing to me about food or, or maybe I've just been so conditioned that I don't even see eating a different diet for myself but 
when we can reconnect with something as simple as that, then we can start to train with it in a way that feels good rather than feels false. Yes. And I love that you just connected the dots and showed how we can take food, even if we don't want to change our diet, we can actually use food to help create freedom in all the other facets of our life. Totally. Yeah. And it's so true. I, I mean, I've been the, a person who's eaten a certain diet and I would say that, you know, for physical, for physique, I want to say physique goals. Sure. The majority of the time I'm, I'm, I choose to eat a certain way. But who doesn't want to be able to go on a trip and you have this opportunity to eat the most amazing pizza that you of your entire life or you're in Italy and they're like, this is the best whatever, you know, the specialty dish. I mean, that's a part of the experience. <laughs> Anyone to eat it and know that you're going to feel okay afterwards. <laughs> totally. Yes. And I think that's key. Like, yes, it gives you the, the limitless, limitless possibilities. But it also allows you freedom in, in living your life. So afterwards, you don't have to plan to go home. No, you can walk the streets of Italy and, you know, be able to enjoy yourself yes. in a way that you connect with freedom. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a really good point. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so when you have a, a new client... You know, we already talked about brain retraining for life, but when you have a new client, what do you generally ask of them to commit to as far as like a duration of time? So everybody is different. It depends if they're totally new to brain retraining um, mm -hmm. or if they have a brain retraining practice. Is this a bit different? Uh, I typically, if I meet with a new client for a consult, it's the first time we meet, I usually ask them how much time can they commit and start there because I can sit here and recommend starting with half an hour a day and then after two weeks working up to an hour a day, which is kind of how I recommend right now. But I'd rather have you start somewhere that seems palatable. So... Mm -hmm. If an hour a day right off the bat is just crazy talk, then starting 15 minutes a day. I, I spoke with a client earlier today. I said, how about five minutes a day? And the reason why I said that was because she had started another program and said, nope, I can't do it. She started to see changes and then she had kind of a burnout. Um, and didn't and and never got back um to brain retraining and so that was a year and a half ago so i asked her what is possible for you and i love that question i ask it all the time what is possible for you and she said well i could probably do 15 minutes and it, it just sounded a bit hesitant so i said how about five minutes and there is this rule the five minute rule you can do anything for five minutes. Like there, you know, there, there isn't a whole lot that you can't do for five minutes. So what I tell people is if they really have a, um, sort of this, uh, wall up against committing time to brain retraining, I say, set your time for five minutes and set it on your timer, watch a video, do a brain retraining tool and or a state changer, what I call them in vital side. And at five minutes, your alarm will go off and stop. 
Mm-hmm. And with, with habits, there's a cue, a routine, and a reward. And eventually, we want the reward to be so beneficial of changing your state and shifting your physiology that you'll want to keep coming back again and again, creating that sustainability and those new neural networks in the brain. But that process takes time. So sometimes at the start, if you're doing five minutes a day, incentivizing yourself after that five minutes, we are training our brains all the time. So I like to ask people what they can commit to. But if you are totally open and (laughs) you're ready to dive in starting half an hour a day and then working up to an hour, I think is ideal. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I like that you do the five minutes too, because it, I I mean, our brain, it it helps us to feel successful. I, I mean, I used to be a fitness coach and something I always taught people was don't go and make this huge commitment that you can't you know, don't say yes to what you can't truly commit to because what happens is then you miss a day or you miss, you know, one of your commitments. And that just reinforces usually this belief in our brain that, oh, we failed. We didn't achieve it. We weren't successful. Mm -hmm. We're not good enough. And so starting with a very small manageable goal over time, we're reinforcing this positive belief that like, I did this, I achieved this, I hit my target, I hit my goal today. And we can build off that in a really positive, productive way. I love that example because this is what I do every day. I've got a home gym in my garage and I just show up every day. I just show up. I don't have, I don't have an idea of like what I'm going to do. Sometimes I do, but oftentimes I'll just show up. And sometimes I dance for 20 minutes. I love it. Sometimes I do this like crazy workout. Sometimes I'll do yoga, but I just show up. And if you think about it and in you being, you know, a trainer, you know that that is just key in, in creating that habit. And so in brain retraining, it's the same thing. You show up if you're listening and you're retraining your brain. Um, even if you're not and you're doing something else, designate a spot in your house where you've got your fresh flowers and you've got your beautiful blanket and you've got this like nice lighting, maybe a salt lamp, you know, things that you can do cheaply. Salt lamps are $20. There are things that you can do or little nooks that you can create in your house. It's like, this is your healing nook and just show up and Mm -hmm. see what happens. And that's maybe when you can put the timer on your phone and see what comes of that. And then maybe at five minutes you stop. Maybe at five minutes you're like, meh, no, let's keep going. Like, I'm yes, feel really good. And then that's the goal is to then build up from that. Absolutely. Yeah. Actually today, my post was literally a five minute of conscious um, breathing challenge, like heart centered breathing. It was like just five minutes a day. Anyone can do anything for five minutes mm-hmm. and just see what happens, you know? Yes. Yes. It's all a starting point for sure. I also like how you show up in your, 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 you said it was your garage. Yeah, that's where mine is. And I do the exact same thing. Um, at one point, you know, in fitness, I used to be very rigid about what program I was going to do and how much and this and that, and this brain retraining and healing through all of what I've gone through has really taught me to approach it so much more holistically and intuitively. And it's just showing up. It's like, 
I'm the exact same way as you. I'm like, what am I going to yeah. do today? Sometimes it's like, I'm going to go outside and do a little workout in my grass, barefoot and ground at the same time, you know? Yes. It, every day, if I move my body, I'm like, today is a good day. Move my body. And yes, sometimes yes. that takes that extra motivation. And that's when I put in my, <laughs> I've got these playlists for different moods. And I, that's when I put in my really intense playlist where I uplift myself and really then get motivated and I can feel those endorphins and when you're when you're so used to kind of using different modalities to create neurochemistry in your body I know exactly when those endorphins are coming out and I know exactly the part of the song that they're going to be released and I'm just like oh this is amazing all right gotta go to get there gotta (laughs) that place then I can do whatever but yes it's about listening to yourself and and creating having these things in mind that you know that you love and going back to them and and having that space that allows you to make those decisions absolutely yeah I uh, something I tell myself too often I can't tell you how many times a day I tell myself this (laughs) especially when I'm making those harder choice like those choices that to, to choose the motivated option, I tell myself love is a verb and a verb is an action. So this is like me getting up right now, even if I don't really feel like it is acting in love. And that's self-love, you know, like self-love isn't saying I love myself. Self-love is showing myself every day through action, through discipline, that's through showing up. powerful statement, Chesman. You can say that about anything, right? Like, yeah, you can have yes. all these really great intentions and great ideas and um it's about action, right? It's about implementation. And we don't always have the answers for how to do that, how to create action, how to implement, but chances are someone somewhere does. So that's where we yes. can use the resources and we can um and then learn how to create action and implement on our own. Absolutely. So I know we only have a few more minutes of your time today. Uh, I think that I want, I had so many more questions. I might have to do a second segment down the road someday, but I think for right now, I want to narrow it down to asking you if you had just, I mean, for any of the listeners out there, some might be brain retrainers. Some might have never heard of what brain retraining is. So if you had any advice for anyone listening, because my my guess is that most people who are listening are drawn to this show because they're experiencing some type of uh, symptom, chronic, uh, you know, dis-ease or illness in the body. So what would your advice be? Where could somebody start today? We're talking about all this five-minute stuff. What would be your, like, advice for where they could just start? initially on their own and then you know where to go from there that's a great question the first thing I'll I'll give you a little bit of an advice and then I'll give you a little tool that you can use so the first thing I would ask you to do today is reconnect with why you're healing why you got started healing, why you're here seeking information, why you're continuing to advocate for yourself. I think it's so easy to go to practitioners, to go to different appointments, to 
get information where we're told something that freaks us out or gives us limited hope. But ultimately, we have got to create a reason for why we show up for ourselves, why we continue to show up for ourselves. Because no practitioner, no coach, no, no, nobody else except for you is going to be the one to decide that it's time for change. It's time for transformation. Mm -hmm. And I encourage every single person to take their healing into their own hands, reconnect with why they got started, why they continue to heal. So what you can do is tonight, (laughs) write yourself a little love letter of just how far you've come. Because whether you're at the very beginning of your healing journey or you're midway through or you're like 85% there, write yourself a one-page handwritten letter of how far you've come and how freaking strong you are and why you continue to show up for yourself every single day. Because the fact that you're here and you're listening is just another indicator that you are showing up for yourself. Reconnecting with this is so important because every single day you make a choice. And today you chose to show up for yourself. And we can think all the time, oh, I'm not seeing progress. You know, I'm not really doing anything else. I'm not, I'm not trying hard enough. You are. So sit down and realize just how far you've come. And having this evidence in front of you and folding this note up and putting it in a letter and addressing it to yourself into an envelope and addressing it to yourself and keeping it in a safe place. And for those moments in time where you feel distraught, where you feel disconnected or feel like you don't even know why you're continuing to show up, you take that envelope out, you open it up and you see all the reasons why. You are so strong. You continue to show up for yourself and that will help to reconnect with who you are, your values, and why you're doing all of this. Yes, that's so good. (laughs) That's so good. Absolutely. And that'll be the catalyst. That'll be something that helps everyone get through those harder days. I love having a prep plan for those wonky days. I love having like just tools and guides and like pretty little things for you to go to during those days. Um, And that's just a good one to have. I like anything tangible. So having that handwritten letter, it's just such a sweet reminder because as humans, we will always have wonky days because that's part of the human experience. But we get to decide how we respond. And so we can prepare ourselves on those sunshine days and those delightful days where we have a walk in the park and eat an ice cream. We can prepare and we can say, wow, look how far 
I've come and look how freaking strong I am. And I always want to remember this. I always want to remember yes. this. So good. So beautiful. I think that's a great place <laughs> to, yeah, it's just a great way to end it today. Knowing that, um, I do need to respect your time for your, for your next, uh, commitment. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here with me today and sharing your wisdom with the listeners. I really appreciate Absolutely. it. I'm, I'm, I'm so happy to be here and I, I'm so happy for you. I'm happy for all the listeners on this brain retraining journey. Y'all are doing an incredible job and you probably don't give yourself enough credit. So <laughs> give yourself some credit tonight. Yeah, give yourself a big hug. And hey, Lindsay, just so you know, normally I always ask everyone where uh, where the listeners can find you, but I will, um, in the opening or the closing, I will put all of your information and where they can find you on Instagram and your website and all that good stuff. So, because, and I'll let them know what you're up to in the world of uh, coaching. Awesome. Yeah, that sounds great. And if you want to, we can just put something on the books for like, a month or two months from now and we can just like have a round two for this yeah that would be awesome hear that listeners we're gonna get Lindsay back (laughs) with more goodness but following you on instagram you just you provide so much value so they'll they'll yeah that'll be good thank you so much all right all right self-healers that's a wrap I hope that you guys found the wisdom that Lindsay provided and all of her suggestions is super helpful. If you are like me at all, then I just know that you already can't wait to have her come back. And as I said, every episode, it takes a tribe and I need your support. So please, if you find value in the interviews and the messages shared on this podcast, then please consider subscribing or leaving a review or even sharing this podcast on your social media and tagging me at our power is within. I am forever grateful because of these little actions. They genuinely help me so much. Oh, and don't forget about this week's challenge. I know it's not just a one or a five minute per day challenge, but definitely take the time you need to get clear about what it is that lights you up and ask yourself if you're already doing it. And if you're not, talk back to those damn voices in your head that say you can. Why? Because you can. And if you feel inspired, drop me a DM or an email and share with me what you come up with because I would love to hear. Smile every day, laugh out loud, and until next time, make this week great.